Hello everyone, hope you're doing well. Uh, as you can see, it's just uh, me today, but like I always say, you know, I'll still be carrying the presence of the others with me. Uh, we hope you're all looking after yourselves. Uh, I know when this episode comes out, it'll be near the Christmas period. So I hope you've got your festive hats on and you're uh, preparing for the 25th. Um, and yeah, I guess let us know uh, on, on Instagram or whichever platform you used to listen to our podcast um yeah let us know uh, i guess about your christmas presentations and uh what, what plans you've got for christmas uh but you know as always we like to bring interesting guests and talk about even more interesting topics so today we're going to be talking about you know a very very important topic uh, a topic that you know arguably uh in recent weeks especially uh has become more more and more apparent. Uh, and, you know, even in this last year where, uh, you know, things have been all over the place, um, you know, it's an important topic to discuss. So uh, the theme for today's episode is uh, supporting victims of abuse. And uh, to, to, I guess, give us a bit more insight to this topic, uh, we have a wonderful guest speaker for you today. Uh, but as I w always like to say, I don't want to bore you guys with an introduction from me because I know you guys are probably tired of hearing my voice at this point. So instead, I'm going to invite the wonderful Erica. Uh, if you could just please let our listeners know a bit more about you, yourself and, uh, you know, about your Instagram page too. Hello, everyone. My name is Erica Sakwe. I am an electro electronic engineering student. Um, and I also own and I'm the founder of a campaign called Victims 2. I ran this campaign initially on Instagram, and this was to raise awareness on domestic abuse, support survivors, and to campaign for a law change to change the time limits on reporting common assault from six months to an increased period of time. Thank you. Thank you very much for that uh, wonderful introduction, Erica. And uh, I guess before we officially dive into this topic today, um, I should. Should if I remember this correctly, just let me know. Uh, I believe you not only uh, you know changed changed laws in the UK, but uh, you you are an award winner. Is is that correct? Yes, um, as of yesterday or the day before, um, Marie Claire um, announced that I was a future shaper um, in their 2021 awards, which was a huge surprise, um, and for me is a win for. For of course my campaign victims too, and for anyone that joined me on this journey. Wow, and that's 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 great. You know, congratulations are in order. It's great to see that the work that you're doing is you know being recognised um, and is is having a, lo a long lasting and impactful change. And I think that you know we briefly touched upon it um, in our last episode about activism and social justice. That you know we need activists in the world and people doing social justice work to help bring change uh, to the world around us. And it's uh, clear to see that you know, from the award that you won, that you, you are doing that. So I feel like I shouldn't just be saying we've got Erica as our guest, because we've got award winner, Erica. I feel like that's that's what we should be saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you very much again for being on the podcast. And yeah, let's uh, go into our first official question. So yeah, thank you, Erica, uh, for that great introduction. And, you know, to, for us to learn a bit more about yourself and uh, your page victims too. Uh, but I know you briefly mentioned in your introduction that you studied electronic engineering. And, uh, you know, us, us as a team, a lot of us come from, I guess, a STEM background. Um, and we just wanted to know, why did you, you know, decide to study this? Um, so 
<laughs> electronic engineering wasn't always the plan. Um, I was young and I always thought medicine was the way to go. Started A-levels and quickly discovered that I hated biology. So <laughs> then I quickly decided, okay, since I'm studying biology, maybe if I do like biomedicine with electrical engineering, then you know, I'm diving into two areas and electrical came basically from my placements that I did when I was 18. I was very lucky enough to do placements with Bentley and BT. So during that experience, I was just like, wow, like I want to go into something in the regions of engineering. Um, And with Bentley, it kind of directed me towards the electrical side um by the time I, it was approached January to send off my application I just couldn't imagine myself in the biological side dropped to the biology um and then also switched to electronic engineering um and that's basically the journey that I went on and just ever since I've just been enjoying it you know that that story is really great um and it's great because uh, like, like we, like I mean, everyone's been saying it, especially you know during this past year of lockdowns and learning new things. Um, I think it's really a key a key point in your story is that you know you had one idea set, you were set on doing doing uh, biomed, but then you know you tried something new, and uh, you know no one can no one can say that trying something new can't lead to new passions. And it's great to see that you know you picked uh, a subject, you did a subject that you enjoyed, um, and you did a subject that you you found you know really engaging to you. Uh, and you know especially um, you know uh, at this time of recording, COP twenty six has just happened. Um, so yeah, elect- electronics and electronic engineering will be the I guess the forefront of the future. And whether it's we're all going to Mars or traveling the, around the solar system, or whether it's we're just you know advancing AR and VR and stuff like that, um, electronics will definitely definitely be key. So yeah, thank you, thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, I guess if there's any anyone who's you know sort of interested in electronics or electrical um, electronic engineering, sorry, uh, then yeah, I guess. You know, you've heard it heard it from here. It's a fun, engaging course. And yeah, feel free to check out. Uh, we'll, we'll mention it in the later on in the episode, but feel free to check out Erica's uh, Instagram page because you might find some useful information there. Yeah, so this has been really great as always. Um, and it's been nice to to learn a bit more about you, Erica. Now, uh, I know you briefly touched on it before uh, about the the page that you run on Instagram. Uh, um, victim sue and we just wanted to know what motivated you to study it you know you've clearly from what we mentioned before about you know you winning awards uh, laws changing through the work that you've done um you're very passionate about this topic and we just want to know what motivated you to start uh, victims too so i started victims to october 13th 2020 and it all started actually during the first lockdown when due to an unrelated incident, I was actually contacted by the police in regards to my situation and some of the things that I had gone through. Um, and just to keep it like simple and brief, this was, of course, in regards to abuse um, with a past partner. And they initially were so supportive. They were offering offering um, understanding, patience, confide- uh, confidentiality, all of these things. Um, I guess, you know, to make me feel as comfortable as possible, they suggested if I wanted to come forward, I thought I should. Um, there's no pressure because, of course, they can't force anyone to come forward. So I used the next few weeks to think about it. 
And of course, I decided that, you know, I should use this opportunity to speak out about my experience, that you don't really hear the police, you know, going out of their way to contact people to support them. So I felt like, you know, someone was reaching out to me and I should grab their hand. And of course, I used that opportunity. I went in. It wasn't the best of environments in the police station. It was a pandemic. It was very busy. A lot of people have things going on. So I was initially kicked out, which was a nice experience, but it wasn't just me. Everyone in the station was told to leave. And at that point, you can imagine how distressed I was and how difficult it became for me. But um, after another officer saw how distressed I was and called me back in with one other family and they allowed me to give this report which took about five hours in total which is a long period of time and that's when they said to me okay now between now and the next conversation we have we're going to be gathering things evidence witness statements etc so we'll get back to you so I leave the police station now and what I've understood is that now things are going to start to progress Two weeks went past. Of course, that's not a lot of time, and I knew that, but I had a lot of anxiety. I was very stressed about my well-being. So it was important for me to always know what was kind of going on. I called, I asked for an update. They said they didn't have any updates and they'll get back to me, which was very fair. But um, at least all I was happy about was that they didn't tell me they were closing the case. That was the most important thing. So I continued to call every two weeks. Um, for the next about two months and I kept getting the same thing we'll get back to you we'll get back to you the phone call was never more than a couple seconds um, then I decided to give more time between my phone calls so now it became like once a month so this lasted about five months September 2020 um, because I had two reports I was finally getting an, an update about the first report so I thought okay let me use this opportunity see if I can get information about this report that I've heard absolutely nothing about that's when they told me we have no idea what you're talking about and I was so confused I thought someone was pulling a prank on me and I said there's no way that I was at a police station for five hours and you can't tell me you like you're telling me you don't know um I, I remember laughing to be honest it didn't make sense it just did not make sense so they said they'll go away they'll get back to me they'll tell me what they find next morning I'm so sorry but on the behalf of this police station we just want to apologize and I said for what they said this report doesn't exist never has existed because it was filed wrong so it's not in the system so I said, so you're telling me in the last five months, whilst I was stressed, anxious, sleep deprived, you name it, that's what I was going through, right? Nothing was happening. And you could have told me that, meaning I could have done it again during this period of time, or we could have come to the bottom of this a lot sooner. They kept apologizing, apologizing. So they asked me, do you want to do it again? And I said, isn't that really long? And they said, OK, could you brief to us what you've been through? So I did this over the phone. It was about five minutes. Um, they go, oh, looks like we can't help you here. And I, again, <laughs> the utter shock hearing this. And I said, why? They said, well, it looks like it's surpassed six months since the incident. 
And because we're going to categorise this as common assault, we can't prosecute and we can't investigate since this time has passed. I said, what is common assault? I've never heard of it. During the five hours I was in the police station, when we were talking about this, um, in this case, it's physical assault. Not once did common, common assault come up in conversation in these five hours. So I said, um, okay, why don't you look at the evidence I have, medical records, et cetera, to, you know, review the situation better. They said that won't be necessary. They were firm on their decision. And they said to me, um, if you want to talk about this further, then we can. Just you have this number, call back when you're ready. At this time, I was distressed. I knew I needed to take a moment away from the phone, calm down, recollect myself, process what I've just heard. So I told myself, okay, I'll just call back tomorrow. I need the evening to myself. So bearing in mind, the time I did make the report was within the six month limit due to the five month period of time that they didn't do anything or tell me they didn't file it correctly. That's when my case went outside of the six months. So due to this police area error, that's why I was entitled to this investigation. So I called back the next day, basically to bring that up and to ask for a review into their decision. Called the first time, no one picked up. I said, okay. It's early in the morning. I'll call again a couple hours later. Call again. No one picks up. I'm like, okay. Let me just leave a voicemail. Uh, voicemail. Call again. Leave the voicemail. Till this day, from that moment, I've never heard from them ever again. They've never had any conversation with me. They didn't even give me a letter to form a, talk about the, the final decision. Nothing. I was basically left to my own devices. As you can imagine, it was a very difficult period of time, emotionally and mentally for me. And I felt like I, everything that was happening, it must be a dream. I must be going mad. There's no way this is happening. Um, and I had so much pain and so much hurt in my heart. It wasn't even anger. I was too hurt to be angry which is surprising, you know. I couldn't process my emotions at all during this time. So that's when I knew I needed to channel this into something. And I remember calling my friends the next day, saying to them, there's something I need to do about this. I don't know what I would do with myself if, there's, if I just accepted this reality. So that's when... I decided, okay, I'm going to change the law because six months is not enough time for any victim of abuse, whether it was a one-off incident or whether it's historic abuse over a period of time, it is not enough time for anyone to process something of this magnitude. Within five days of having the last contact with the police, I had the name of victims too, loaded, lo logo, loaded, Instagram page, made. Um, petition to parliament submitted um, and that's when after the petition was submitted my campaign launched I needed a hundred thousand signatures to get it debated and the journey started from there. Wow uh, first off I want to say um, you know you 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 probably hear this a lot and I, I truly mean this you, you are a strong person um, you know to people 
people go through a lot of things in life and uh you know what you went through was, was you shouldn't have gone to is essentially um and for you to come out stronger you know to to be to be where you are today uh you know even like you said you said there were moments where you know it, it felt tough it felt tough um and but you know here you are today head hell high high you know making change uh and yeah first of all i just want to say um yeah you're, you're incredibly strong uh and and you know keep amazing person i guess this is what i want to say first off um thank you so much no no honestly you're you're welcome uh and you know i i, I know i didn't tell you this uh before we started recording the episode but i did um uh i did you know see the the video you posted the first video um that you posted where you talked about it and uh you know it was very um you know it it was hard to hear um but it, it, it I'm, I'm glad you said it um because i think like you said um the the changes that you brought through victims to uh, and other uh people that you've worked with uh to help bring about this change um it definitely needs to be said i know we we've got our question um to us segment later on where we will talk about the question you've prepared and it links heavily to to what i'm was what well what i will be saying later on but um yeah, no, I definitely think that it's it's amazing to to hear to hear your story, to see how you've become this st- strong, you know, capable woman. You you're not letting anything hold you back. Um, and yeah, you should you should definitely be proud of yourself. So, I, I, uh, usually, I, I'm sure our listeners know. I sometimes can go on uh, talking for a bit about a few things, but no, I think um, you know, there's, there's nothing more that needs to be said here other than you you. you it's it's amazing to hear there's this story behind victims too. And, you know, I, I genuinely look forward to seeing all the amazing work that you do in the future. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, you're welcome. Wow. Uh, you know, it's, it's been an interesting conversation today. Uh, and, but uh, as I always say, these conversations are needed. Um, and I guess like our, Oh, I guess, you know, what the podcast is called, it's all about picking up the mic and it's, uh, you know, raising awareness about these issues. Now, Erica, the, the next question uh, essentially is what can individuals do that can help support victims of abuse? Now, I know we, we you know, from your story, um, we heard a lot about, I guess, how the, the, the law or the law process, um, you know, I guess, put limiters uh, on on you know on what action or what justice I guess technically uh, you could you would be able to get, um, but I guess on a more personal basis, what can we as individuals, whether it's you know someone that we know, whether it's you know, I guess if uh, you know it's us being university students, it could be someone on our course that we don't really speak to, or someone in our society that we're a part of. But what can we do as individuals to better support uh, in uh, victims? Uh, of abuse? So I've always said that the most important thing when it comes to supporting victims of abuse is to be patient with them. Um, Anyone that shares their story or anyone that reaches out for help, it is a very difficult thing to do. For me, it took three years um, to process what I was going through, to understand what I was going through, and then to have the courage to actually speak about it. Um, to take the time to listen to someone, understand them. And honestly, it's just giving your ears to them. Um, It can mean so much. So when I did share my initial video um, on Victims 2, 
that was the first time I was ever publicly speaking about it. And to see the, the response that I got from it was so positively overwhelming. I felt like my heart was swelling up. I didn't know it was possible to feel confident in my own story after years of so much doubt, misunderstanding my own situation, blaming myself for someone, even if it was just one person to say, it's not your fault you went through this. It's what made it so much easier for me to go through this journey. And on top of that, it takes educating yourself too. Um, like we've said, we're going to discuss this later in the podcast about, um, you know, young people and their understanding of situations like this. But it takes a lot to understand how damaging abuse can be. Um, so if there are certain behaviours that people start to show after experiencing something like that, it's understanding that this is A, either trauma or B, something else, you know, you know, et cetera. Um, education, educating yourself can only be a positive thing because then when you go out in the world to support people, you know how to do it in the right way. That's, that's so true. Um, and we, I think we, we, we love to say that on the podcast about any topic that education and, you know, knowing more about topics and how, how better to support them is, is the way that we, we get to, to actually, you know, implement change um, and to know what we can do yeah. as individuals. Uh, you know, we, we, we talk about the, the idea, I think even not even on the podcast, but in general about this idea of, you know, being an ally and supporting others. And it's just about, I guess, knowing, what, what you can do that, um, like we've uh, said before on in, in this episode and in previous episodes, that there is a lot of resources that can tell you, you know, as an ally, what can you do? Um, well, how can you su- support individuals? So yeah, I definitely recommend that, you know, individuals do, do check, uh, check these things. Um, but also I, I think, uh, you know, like you said, just, just listening, um, you know, letting people talk. Uh, I think, um, uh, I, I, I sometimes occasionally do uh, Bible plans on this uh, version app. Uh, and one of the things that was on there uh, is this idea that as a society, um, you know, we're, we're very quick to speak, slow to, uh, we're very quick, sorry. Yeah, quick to speak and slow to listen. You know, we, we want to get our words in. Um, we always want to be, you know, the, the one who's right. You know, we're, we're saying, mm-hmm. hey, you know, this is this is what's right. Or, you know, you're actually wrong and this and that but we don't actually listen to, to other people. Um, yeah. And I think that that's, that that's a key thing that we just need to listen to each other more, you know, see things. Um, I know uh, through, through work that I've previously done that as a, you know, a person, whether you're, you know, I've done a lot of uh, work through my placement. Uh, we are working with children a lot. And one of the things that we're taught in the safeguarding training is, you know, like, like I guess look and listen you know if you're seeing uh whether they're a young child or a teenager who isn't you know isn't comfortable in certain situations or you know you can see something that you you feel like this isn't right you know that's when you you need to just you know keep an eye out and 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 act um and yeah I think that's just that's just a key message uh there Erica so thank you thank you very much So I think if if we're being honest today, um, 
I mean, we're always honest on the podcast, but if we're being particularly honest in this episode, um, you know, one of the key things that we've highlighted is listening. And, you know, the idea of what we as individuals uh, can do to help others, uh, whether that's by listening to, to conversations, you know, keeping an eye out and being an active bystander. Um, I know that's a key thing that's uh, definitely in the last year or so has been said a lot. Um, but I guess, Erica, our last official question to you is uh, how can people support uh, Victim2 and other similar organisations? You know, we, we, we we're going to mention one as our MC of the month, um, but we've heard a lot about Victims2 today. You even said that yourself that there's a lot of other organisations out there or, you know, people like yourself that um, have Instagram pages or social media pages that promote, um, you know, the support that should be available to victims of abuse. And we just want to know how can individuals support them? And maybe if you could let us know about the ways that we can support. So if someone, I don't know, for example, can't necessarily financially give to a um give to a like a campaign or anything like that um what could they do instead uh, to help so like you said there are definitely so many other instagram pages who you know do, do similar work just like me where they're campaigning for their own things or just supporting each other and just like them you can help uh, to raise awareness sharing content um sending it to people etc posting it on your story it always helps because there's a lot of people out there who unintentionally don't understand things like abuse um and how intricate it is and how broad it is as well because as we know um sometimes people hear abuse and they think oh it's just physical abuse if it's not physical abuse it's not abuse um and today we know that it's it's a lot bigger than that um, it's a lot broader than that and edu- educating other people and that is a very very important thing because what that does is that it can inform people who might be in unhealthy situations the signs they need to look out for and even signs they can look out for in other people who might be in he- unhealthy situations um, so yes definitely supporting by sharing content um, if of course you can't financially support a charity then volunteer to offer your time sometimes you can even reach out if you have a question something you want to understand better you can email them you can contact them saying I'm just trying to understand and educate myself more on this on this topic um this is my question and they should respond to you at least I know I do that and I know some other organizations do that so every single person that's ever contacted me always gets a person that personalized response depending on what they say whether it's to congratulate me or just ask questions about their own situations or situations in general I always respond and I think that's the best thing I can do to help others understand Um, so yeah volunteering your time and also on top of this is to help and support anyone you know that might have been through it Um, Being a shoulder to cry on sometimes is the best thing anyone can ever ask for. Like I said, handing your ears to them really does so much. So, yeah, those are the things I'd say someone can do to to support organisations or anyone that's been through abuse themselves. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I think I think you're definitely right. You know, uh, one of the greatest gifts we can always give is our time. And uh, there's there's nothing better than having an engaging conversation with someone or just being there for someone um and you know it's like what you said you don't need to to do uh you know big things or you know 
you know, changing things, even just sitting down with someone and just having a, a brief conversation with them. Um, I saw a video on Instagram. I think it was, uh, I think it was the rock who was talking, uh, but I don't remember for, for sure, but essentially uh, the person uh, themselves uh, suffered from depression and uh, they were saying that, you know, all they just wanted was someone to ask them, you know, are you doing okay? And he was just like, not just like a, are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? And then, you know, brushing past the conversation, just being like, no, seriously, are you doing okay? He said like, uh, there was one point where he he felt like he was going to, you know, uh, uh, like do self-harm to him, uh, self-harm himself. Um, and he said that, you know, all he, all he ever wanted was just someone to just, you know, double back and be like, no, but are you sure you're okay? You know, um, you know, lots going on or just, just check-ins like that. And I think the last year has shown us that, you know, we, we, we do need to do that more, whether it's, you know, just the, the occasional phone call, um, just a, a, a chat. Uh, you know, I know I've got in touch with friends over uh, lockdown that I hadn't seen uh, for, for quite some time. Um, but it was just, you know, to just make sure everyone's doing okay. You know, um, you know, a lot of people uh, have lost people, whether it's directly related to COVID or, you know, other implications of things uh but yeah it, it's it's just always good to just check in with people and have these discussions um and you know it's all about uh i saw this i mean it was it was very interesting uh like animation as the sort of i guess highlighted this um and if i can ever find the video again i'll, tr- I'll try and include it in the the episode um but it was this amazing video about this guy um so at home he's got this dog and uh he, he basically it's this drawn video and he basically helps people throughout his day. Um, he like he sees someone um, who, you know, looks lonely, he talks to them. And essentially, as he goes through the day, he's like helping them. But he's, I guess, you know, the idea of taking on someone else's burden. And he, he's doing that throughout the whole day. Now, when it comes to the end of the day, so the guy starts off in his drawing, you know, he's, he's, he's got a black outline, but he's completely white on the inside. And then by the end of it, he's like completely, you know, I guess, gray. He's, he's colored in gray. And the whole point is supposed to be that each person that he's interacted with the day and had these like honest conversations, you know, he's taken on their burden. Um, but the, the, the nice thing that the video ends on is he comes home and his dog gives him a nice, gives him a nice hug. And he, he you know, he starts to feel better himself. And I think that's the other thing that we just, you know, have to highlight that um, a lot of these conversations uh, can, can be quite hard. You know, they can uh, not only bring up difficult memories for the person that you're talking to, but maybe you as an individual might have, you know, bad experiences yourselves that you've not been able to talk about. But I think uh, like what Erica was saying here, like in that video, you know, just using your, your own support network, whether that's your friends or your family, um, well, you know, even your colleagues, uh, you know, sometimes just having these these people in our lives that we can just turn to and talk to um, can just help us, you know, I guess, like like I said, like I said before, just lighten lighten the burden, um, because yeah, there's there's nothing like I said at the start better than a good honest conversation. Um, yeah. But yeah, thank you very much, Erica. No problem. Yeah, it's been an amazing discussion uh, today. Uh, we we really d- dived into a, a very important topic, uh, and you know. As, as our listeners uh, or watchers on YouTube, uh, you know, we, we've given you a lot of uh, information to take away with you. Um, but as always, you know that we we can't end the episode without our 
two amazing sections, um, our question for us section and our MC of the month section. So we're going to start off with the question for us first. Uh, so I'm now going to pass the mic over to Erica to ask me the question that she's prepared for. Okay, so the question is, why is the conversation on domestic abuse amongst young people a taboo subject? Now, I think, first off, that's a, that's a, that's a great question uh, to ask. Uh, and I feel like when I first saw it, I was just like, hmm, you know, this, this could be, definitely could be a, a dissertation question in itself. Um, but I think, I, I think the reason why is... And again, let me let me just clarify this before, you know, I don't need people in the comments saying that Jeffrey's saying things that uh, anything like that. I'm not an expert in this. Let me just first off, I say this. But I think for for young people that I'd say there's a few reasons why it, it's it's like a taboo. I think one um, is we as I mean, I'm, I'm a guy, so I'll just say this as a guy. Um, but sometimes I feel like as guys, we find it hard to have difficult conversations about like subjects like this um whether it's because you know it's it brings up bad memories of whether you know the person the individual themselves or their parents were were abused or or you know whether it's um you know i guess um you know they might have known someone like a friend uh for example um but i think the partly because of the memories that it can bring is, is probably maybe one of the first reasons i think the second reason is and i know it's been you know linked um recently with uh, you know all the things that have happened with like women in clubs and um mm-hmm. all the all the bad things that have been happening uh with that um but i think it's it's that idea of you know keeping your friends accountable uh now i'm not saying that you know if there's if if a person whether it's a guy or a girl um has an is a, is like is a their friend is abusive that they that everyone's just like neglecting it or won't call them out on it um but i think with young people we i mean for my for myself there's and you know it wasn't that i, I knew someone that was being abused by a, a partner or anything but i think as young people we're always so concerned with our image and we we don't want to be like the one who's out of the group so if we see our friend do something wrong we might be like as you know if we go into a smaller group, so like if it's me and or something like two 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 people, you know, having a conversation, they might be like, "Hey, you know, what this person did, I don't really agree with," and they're like, "Yeah, no, neither do I." But then, if it's in a bigger group setting, they might not, you know, raise it up and be like, "You know, this person, like Mike, what you did wasn't great." Um, but yeah, I think that's that's part of the reason that we're that young people, especially like teenagers, I feel like. Um, but to be honest, it's it's something that I think all young, especially in this age, and I think that's the other thing with social media, where mm-hmm. you know we're when when we're young, we're all we're all focused on like how many followers do we have, how many likes do my posts get, um, you know, what what hashtags or what filters should I be using, things like that. Should I do the bald head filter or using the the dog sticking out tongue filter, like things like that. It's it's all mm-hmm. it's all that we're focused on and we don't want to be, I guess, outside of the group. Now, I think, and that's why uh, when we did our like university lectures, um, uh, university episodes um, where we talk about, I guess, going to university and like graduating, like one of the things that I feel like everyone can agree on is university gives you that space to see and develop as a person. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and I feel like that was definitely true for me at university. I'd say like, year 13 but definitely at university um 
you're like, no, I don't need to fit in the crowd. Like if I see something that's wrong, I'm going to call it, you know, I'm going to call it out. Um, and I think it's, mm-hmm. it's easier at university because there's, there's a wider range of people. So, you know, at secondary school, it's only the people that are in your year, you know, if you're at college, yeah, there's a lot more people, but again, you're probably only going to interact with the people in your classes. Um, and when you're at university, you know, you don't even need to be in the same class or even in the same year. There's like people in first year who are friends with master students or PhD students who are best friends with like a third year or second year student. And you're, you're, you're essentially like growing into, I guess, not only your personalities, but I guess who you want to be. And mm-hmm. I feel like university gives you that space. Um, but I feel like, like you said, that uh, especially in secondary school it's maybe sixth form it's it's touched on but abuse isn't really addressed uh it's not like it's not taught um if it is it's usually a one-off thing um I know my school Mm -hmm. had like focus days where we 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 touched on topics um I think it was year 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 11 or 12 we had a focus day uh on it was basically like sexual education in general um but it was mm-hmm. more to do with you know like there, there was there was one um like one thing that we did do which I thought was definitely good and I probably would recommend that other schools did I don't know if the video was available even now um but the BBC3 did like a a group it was like a I guess sort of like a social experiment they brought like 10, 10 guys, 10 girls into this like big house. Um, and essentially they showed them, it was like a, I think it was like a weekend thing or like a week thing um, that they, it was a three part series and it was all about the topic of, is this rape? Um, and it was supposed to be about a story about a guy who, he was drunk at a party. He, he engaged in like sexual activities with a, with a girl. And the question was, was it, rape or was there consent given or things like that now mm-hmm. like without going into the whole episodes or the whole series um i think that was interesting for us to do as like a group because they did yeah. it and so our school did it in an exact same format so i think mm-hmm. when when they showed us the series they split us off into guys and girls um and it was like the discussions that that came from that so the teacher that did it for the for us, uh, at least for our group, was a was a man. So he was talking about, you know, like, do like what do you guys think? And I guess for us, we felt like, hey, we could, you know, be honest. You know, it's not awkward because, you know, it's like this, it, like what it was dealing with was, was a very sensitive topic. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where it was actually quite, like, I guess, like it was it was good um, that they addressed yeah. that um, because. I feel like if more schools do that, um, it, it would be good. And and um, I briefly touched upon it in our last episode on the idea of like activism and social justice that I know, especially because of what's happened in the last year, uh, universities, at least like Brunel, for example, have been doing stuff on like, uh, like being a, an active bystander. How can we, you know, spot, uh, I know Brunel did like a, focus group about race um and like have mm-hmm. any students within the university experience racial discrimination um or, or racism itself um whether that's you know mm-hmm. getting feedback from lecturers or you know responses to email or things like that and i think that's where like that identifying needs to happen at like an earlier stage when when yeah. it's you know you know i guess 
and 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 I guess this this would be the last point. I think for young people, it's hard because we also try and base it off what we see on TV. Now, I'm not saying that, <laughs> like, like, okay. I mean, I don't know why, because I'm pretty sure you. Uh, as, I mean, I've never watched it. I only know the brief basis of season one, um, but I know that that deals with a lot of stuff. Like, like he essentially he's a stalker, so like mm-hmm. it deals with a lot of stuff in itself. Um, but like things like that, if a young person watches that and they're seeing, they might not know the whole premise or understand like the repercussions of that, but think, hey, that's yeah. okay. Um, like I know even my my sister and I were talking about like a few weeks ago that. Uh, like I don't know if, if you've watched it yourself, Erica, but Riverdale um, was like a show yeah. that, that I like. The season, first season, um, I thought was really good because it was like this whole. Um, so just give me one minute. I'm going to pause the recording. I'll resume it. Uh, give it a couple seconds and then just continue from there. Uh, so yeah, so on the on the topic of TV shows, um, like I was saying, Riverdale, um, the first season, I thought I really liked it because I felt like it felt realistic. Um, but then mm-hmm. as it went on, it just became like, I guess its own thing. And I, and then like, yeah. one of the things that my, like I eventually, like me as an individual, like I guess people know me, know that I love to watch, like I can bear with a series, even if it's not good. Like if yeah. I feel like, Hey, you know, I can, I can try, but I couldn't Riverdale because I just told my, like me and my sister were just like, it's just reached a point where it's, it's not realistic anymore. And I feel like not, young yeah. people, you know, seeing on TV that, you know, if whether it's Riverdale or other teenage dramas that these guys are like, whether they're sleeping with each other, like 24 seven or like, unknown yeah. being in like wrong relationships um mm-hmm. where sometimes you know on shows they address it in like a powerful way and they do say yeah. you know like hey they call them out but I think the issue is is like they can't do as much because obviously with the age rating um but that thing is that schools can have these discussions and can help that um mm-hmm. I know oh gosh I need to remember the the show's name um but I know I I, I haven't watched it um but there was the show with Michaela Cole I don't remember it was on BBC and it's going to annoy me um but it it sort of oh my gosh I do know it yeah and I've watched it I don't remember I've just forgotten the name yeah uh we'll we'll put it up as a as a like on the screen um but yeah Yeah. I definitely recommend that people watch it because I know my sister watched it and she said like it it just did it like it addressed all these topics in like a good way um and I just feel like that's... Oh, yeah, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say, I'd even say for myself, it helped me understand a lot that happened to me a lot better. Mm. Some things that I, like, let slide or things that I try to justify and stuff like that. Seeing it portrayed on the TV and the way it was in an educational way, it, you know, it wasn't just TV drama or, um, you know, a quick... Uh, and quickly made for entertainment purposes. Mm. There was actual... Um, things to learn from it. It was for educational purposes. And that's why whenever people told me to, you know, recommend something they could do to educate themselves, I always, always gave them that show. I just wish I remembered the name. I've, I've just but, um, looked it up. Uh, it's I May Destroy You. Yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've told so many people to watch it because the amount that I learned from that show, you know, it's a couple episodes, but it's 
so incredibly powerful and I'm glad she got the recognition she deserves from it mm. because I think she executed it um you know she didn't make it boring in quotation marks boring you know I don't think things like this are boring but for anyone that doesn't understand it might be boring to them but um she made it she's done it in a way where it's realistic to the world that we live in everything she was doing is what people do in this world it's not you know sci-fi it's not huge action and stuff like that it was just normal life this is the life a lot of people live and when it comes to shows you know if you have soaps like Emmerdale and EastEnders they do 100% cover things like abuse assault etc but there's always done in the family dynamic or an old couple you never see see amongst young people or anyone that seems under the age of 30 so when, of course, I was going through it, a lot of people, you know, who reached out to me to tell me, you know, they're so sorry that they didn't say anything. They did notice this and that. It was because they couldn't understand or grasp that it can happen to anyone. And I think that's what a lot of show, uh, shows fail to do is to, to expand outside this, what I would call... There's a word, but when you, like, stereotype a situation, like, they've stereotyped it that, Abuse is just for family or abuse uh, is just within couples. You, you, they need to expand outside of that. And once they do that, and once they, like you said, go into schools and actually educate young people about it, then that's when I feel like the real change can come in. Because it starts from young. Once you're able to make a young person or a child understand that these things are wrong, it's it's more of a, it's a more successful preventative measure rather than wait until it happens to them and then telling them, oh, like, this is wrong. This is how we're going to help you. If, if you tackle it at the core, which is the young age and the, the way they develop and understand life and how they should be treated, then it helps to prevent it in the future or it helps them to look out for it in the future. No, that's that's definitely true. And I feel like, um, you know, like you're saying about addressing a, a young age, um, that, that video that I was talking about that BBC Three did um, about is this rape? I know like on the day it like as a as like a year group it kind of just like shocked us all because mm-hmm. I guess we were all like uh I mean at least as guys we were just like um you know we were just like yeah this is this is then like generally gives us a lot to think about uh and even girls you know a lot to think about as well um because mm-hmm. I think like you said there's always this like is stere- stereotypical like you know like you said at, at the start you know the only form of abuse that can happen is domestic abuse or physical abuse. You know, there's, there's not emotional abuse or anything like, or neglect, uh, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, people think, oh, like you said, it can only happen, you know, if someone's in a couple or at an old age um, but or within families, but it can never happen yeah. in other, you know, examples. Um, and I think like for us, and, and, and one other thing that it can only happen, you know, it can only be a men abusing and women can't abuse there we go, yep. um mm-hmm. and that's and that's another thing um and i feel like mm-hmm. that's where the issue lies is like you said like on tv we see these even if the show addresses it like we see it only mm-hmm. within those like stereotypical uh things and one of the things that you know uh that that um like video the uh series that bbc3 did i've watched that probably like 20 yeah 2017 or 2018 but that's still like one of the stories like still sits with me today I, I, I know I've been adding loads to this list but like I said this this is a this question could literally have been the whole episode um and I think that's yeah. the other thing as well is that 
young people, and it's wrong to say, but young people generally joke around with terms that they don't know about. Um, mm-hmm. And young people will say things that like they, like they don't know the meaning of. Um, mm-hmm. And I know loads of cultures, you know, have sayings that talk about this, that, you know, you shouldn't be saying words that, that you don't know, understand. And I think that's the yeah. issue that, you know, it, it then starts to appear like, and it's wrong to say, but like the, the boy who cried wolf. So whether it's, you know, someone's, someone at a young age is in a relationship and they keep on, you know, and it's, it's wrong to even make jokes like this, but making jokes about being abused or things like that, where, mm-hmm. you know, if it was, you know, a, a uni relationship and let's say a lecturer heard that, then that lecturer yeah. is good. Like, that's a whole different thing. Like as a, as a, you know, if, even if it, even lecturer aside, as a friend, like, when you're young, you might think, oh, you know, this person just taking the mic or exaggerating or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like when you're in your like, I guess once you're, you're at uni in your 20s or like when you're older, you'll definitely like be like, no, like if the person's saying this, I need to know more to know whether, you know, to to figure out what's going on. But when you're young, mm-hmm. you're just like, eh, I don't, I don't care. You know, you, you've got this whole fixation of your life is the most important, you know, I don't care about anyone else. Um, and yeah. I think that's one of the the other issues and it's just like like what you said just having these these conversations it it doesn't even need to be like hey you know and I, I think that's the other thing as well it doesn't need to be like a forced like you need to be there or you know you're not gonna like I don't know like go into year 12 or you need to be there or you're not gonna be able to go on like a school trip or whatever it it should be like Mm -hmm. an encouraged thing and it should be encouraged because hey you know we want to teach you and unfortunately you know it's the the hard thing of life the whether you know there's the whole year turns up or five people to uh, turn up that you know you just have to work with who you got because if you force people to turn up then they're they're just going to they're just going to shut off they're going to even if you know they're not on their phones when someone's talking or, you know, they're not engaging the activity. They're just not, they're just going to be like, I'm forced to be here. I'm not interested. Um, And just like encouraging students um, and just doing it like on a regular, it shouldn't just be like, like I said, like with mine, I know it was just a focus day. It was only the one day that it was talked about, but it should be more of like a, you know, regular thing. It doesn't necessarily, Mm -hmm. like I said, it doesn't need to be like every, every week or every month or, you know, anything like that but it could like the schools I know are busy already and um they just need to just I guess figure out when when's the best time within their individual school schedules to try and like do this um because like you said you know that they're, they're preparing essentially the next generation and you know if we want things to change it's gonna while yes uh you know laws and I guess us as adults need to ensure that change happens as well there's no point in us you know saying hey now we're going to change stuff. And then 15 years time, it's all, it's all gone back or it's completely become yeah. worse. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think those would be my, my points on the, the, the topic. And, you know, those would be my advice. Just listen, um, talk with friends, you know, go past that, just converse, uh, the, the talking stage. Um, I think someone uh, gave like a task uh, and, you know, if you're listening, you could try this yourself. Um be the one in a conversation to ask less questions. Uh, sorry, to ask more questions. Sorry, 
and less speaking. So in the conversation, mm-hmm. once you've had it with an individual, um, whether it's like a friend, family, whatever, can you come out and say, yeah, actually, you know, I was listening to them. They told me this happened in their day or this, you know, this is what their, their thing is. Um, and just think about like, how can you, if that's not the case, then how can you, you know, become like that? Because that's the only way, you know, I guess people will, will eventually open up. And then lastly, like we said, yep. um, it's just about this, educational changes you know encouraging it from a young age um even like i said it's great the universities are doing more things to promote active being an active bystander getting engaged in stuff that they Mm -hmm. see that goes wrong um but again at university like it's unlikely you might change a few things but it's unlikely you're going to change your whole personality whereas you know at Mm -hmm. a younger age if you're telling kids this is right this is wrong they're more likely to listen you know there's less of that pressure. I know even as a university student that, you know, sometimes the union might organize stuff and I'll see it and I'll be like, this is really interesting, but I've got loads of coursework and I know I can't attend and it's not recorded. So unfortunately I can't Mm -hmm. go. Um, But you know, at secondary school, they're there for like hours. Like there's loads of time in the day that you can organize things. There's days where you can make it, you know, discuss discuss it about that even if it's like in the morning uh registration bits that's 25 minutes where i know mm-hmm. there were times in in morning registration we were just sitting around doing nothing or just, just talking about rubbish um and i know yeah. that that's like useful time that can be used um yeah and i'd say lastly with the the school thing even the university thing um having those those uh i think uh they're like anonymous report boxes um yeah and just having those, you know, and just using those as as a as a space for any students who might not feel comfortable about talking about it, you know, directly, um, or even as you know, if your friend can't talk to you about it, just encouraging, hey, there's this service that you can use. It's anonymous. Uh, you can talk there. I know online, um, there's oh gosh, I think it's called the White Wall. I think that's the name. It's, I know it's used by uni students. Again, if I've got it wrong, I'll put up the right name. Um, but that's like an anonymous posting board that students can like put any issue. Um, I know it's normally aimed at uni students, but I think it might also be aimed for college and sixth form. Um, but it's, it's, it's allows students to like put any issue they're going on. You don't have to be an aim, you don't have to do anything, but the people who respond are like trained professionals. So they'll be able to tell you, hey, like you need to speak to this person or, you know, they'll respond to me like, hey, you know, thanks for letting us know, you know, it's really sad that this has happened or, you know, we can offer you this support or if you want to have a time to talk, you can talk here. Um, but yeah, I think doing stuff like that, having those spaces uh, allows individuals who might not necessarily feel um, at the stage to talk about it to a group or to talk about it to more than one person, just having that as a as an individual. And whether that's, you know, you as a teacher, just always keep an eye on your students and, you know, knowing, letting your students know that you can be, I guess they can come to you if they need to talk. I know I said it before, but, uh, you know, I've had a few, had a few teachers at secondary school that definitely helped me go through secondary school. And if it wasn't for them, you know, I probably would, would, wouldn't be where I am today. Um, but yeah, just having those, those talks, uh, and being that open, uh, is always, it's always a good thing. Um, so yeah, thank you, thank you for the question. And I know I've talked to for a lot, guys. But uh, like I said, the, this question was a was a very uh, powerful question, and I felt that I should address it accordingly. Um, but now, as always, uh, we've come to our next favorite segment, uh, the MC of the month segment. 
Now, Iron Sea of the Month, uh, for this episode, uh, as I said, it could have been a whole host of organisations. And um, I, again, I just want to highlight that, uh, as I did in the last episode, that even though I'm picking one as our MC of the Month, um, there are a lot of individuals and organisations, as you've clearly heard today, that do amazing work to help victims of abuse and, you know, raise awareness of, of the different types of abuse as well. But the one I'm going to be talking about today is uh, the United Nations uh, Women uh, UK team, uh, specifically the UK team, because obviously, you know, we're in the UK, uh, but it's essentially, you know, there, there are, you know, different different brands uh, for different countries around the world. Now, for anyone who doesn't know about them, you know, they, they do a lot of pro, uh, program work to help reach, you know, women, children, uh, and marginalized people. Uh, they do a lot of work uh, and they've got loads of opportunities on their website. So I'd recommend if there's anyone who's listening and, you know, wants to, after this episode, you know, wants to become an active member, whether that's through volunteering or promotion, please do check out their you know, social media pages and uh, their website because they do have a lot on there that they use to help talk about it. Uh, but they also address the the idea of, you know, women, uh, gen, sorry, gender inequality. Um, and, you know, they, they, they say on their website uh, that they're the only global organization, global organization working to make gender equality, gender equality a reality, uh, as you can see this bit of a tongue twister, um, in every way. Um, you know, they, they don't just want it to be from programs, whether they implement or governments implement, they want it to be programs that can help uh, you know, help these vulnerable uh, girls and women changing attitudes like we were saying today, whether that's with young people or, you know, elder people, elderly people in a, in a population. And finally, helping governments design gender equal equality. Uh, you know, they've got this nice, nice quote on the, the website, which I think sums up the, the amazing work that they do. Uh, Let's unite for every woman. The gender equality movement starts with you. You know, and they, they've got a mission statement. They say how they do it. You know, they say, and I think we can all agree, um, that their mission is to ensure that every girl and woman, uh, whether that's in the UK or around the world, has access to safety, choice, and a voice. Uh, you know, through they are creating global change with governments, individuals, communities. And uh, yeah, I'd recommend if anyone does want to be involved or be a part of this, you know, amazing movement, please do check out their website. Um, and, uh, you know, Share, share it there. Um, but yeah, if 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 you do feel uh, inclined, their their link will be on uh, their their MC of the month page. Um, but also, uh, you know, they they have a they have an Instagram account, uh, and if you type in uh, UN Women uh, UK or UN Women, uh, you'll you'll go onto their page as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's our MC of the month, and uh, we have officially. Uh, I know, uh, sorry, you guys are probably sorry to hear this, but uh, we have come to the end of the episode. Now, first off, I just want to say, uh, I've, I know I've said it throughout the whole episode, but I want to say uh, a huge, huge thank you. Uh, and I think, uh, I know there was a round of applause last episode and it might have thrown a few of you off, but uh, there'll definitely be another one this episode because, yeah, it's, it's, it's like I said, Erica, the, the work that you're doing is, is amazing. Um, you know, how far you've come, you. Uh, you know, you've said you've come in, in your journey is, is amazing. Um, and I'm, I'm sure our listeners have been, you know, grateful to hear more about your story and to learn more about what they could do. Um, but I think it's just, uh, you know, it's important to highlight uh, that, you know, you, you've you've gone through, I guess, such a hardship and you've come out on this this other 
this uh, this other side. And I know uh, one of the things that my my dad uh, always says is that you know when it, when it comes to hardships, when you're going through them, you know it sucks. It, it's it's the worst thing ever. But when you come out and you know you can tell an individual who's going through the same thing, or you know is feeling like they can't go on, that hey look. You know, I've, I've, I've been where you are, I've come out, and that means that if I can do it, you can do it. And I think yeah. that, that's just that's just the, the amazing thing about, you know, victims too, and about other organisations like it. So, yeah, I guess a uh, huge, huge uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Um, yeah, thank, thank you so much. No problem. I'm so grateful to have had this opportunity. So thank you. No, you're welcome. And uh, before we uh, let you go, we just have one last thing to just ask. Um, if any of our listeners, you know, want to know more about Victims too, or maybe about yourself, uh, where should they go? So my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn is all at Victims2. And I also have a website, Victims2.com. Wow, thank you. As you can see, she's you, you won't miss her on any social media platform. So uh just yeah, make sure you can even email. You can even email. <laughs> so victims to at outlook.co.uk. but like we said if you if you do want to get in contact you've got all the contact details there as uh, always uh, it's been a pleasure to have you our wonderful listeners or watchers on youtube on the show um if you feel if you really enjoyed this episode a like and subscribe it's always appreciated and click the notification bell so you don't miss the episodes and finally uh as i've as I do say, uh, you know, we, we appreciate all the support that you guys give. If you want to become a Patreon member and have your name featured at the end of the video, uh, as well as some other benefits and get to, you know, speak to these these amazing guest speakers that we've had one to one, please do uh, click on the link in our bio. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Erica. One more time. Thank you again. Wonderful listeners. And yeah, keep an eye out for our next episode, which will be the last episode of season two. I know it's felt like season two just gone come and gone like that but that is life you know it, it feels like everything's going quickly uh but yeah I won't, I won't keep you guys in anticipation for much longer you'll see the next episode come out soon so just keep an eye out uh and yeah wishing you all the best and have a great day